0: Hello, and welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast. I'm your host, Guy Alvarez. This is the show where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing and explain how they can help you and your firm get more clients and generate more leads. In today's episode, I chat with Gretchen Kohler, the Chief Marketing Officer at Bentham IMF, one of the world's most successful commercial litigation finance firms. But before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and your firm? If so, I want you to go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. This audit will provide you with all the information you need to build a blueprint for your firm and produce the results you want. All right, so let's dive into the show. Um, prior to joining Bentham, Gretchen held marketing and business development positions at four leading law firms. She's a New York State admitted attorney and a certified professional coach, yoga instructor, and an energy medicine practitioner. Hey, Gretchen, how are you doing today? Hey,
1: Guy, I'm great. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. It's so good to have you here in the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast. And, um, you know, for our audience, it's primarily uh, marketers at law firms and other legal marketers around the world. And one of the reasons I'm really excited to have you on the show today is that you're one of our first guests that really has fantastic experience when it comes to the legal industry. Obviously, you started out as a lawyer and a certified professional coach. And then uh, you worked for four different law firms. And now you're the CMO of one of the most successful commercial litigation firms, Bentham IMF. So tell me a little bit, how did you get down this road? How did you go from a lawyer to a marketer? And, uh, you know, what are the steps that you took? and, And how are you finding it?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I've had, I guess, what some people might call a number of fortunate um, accidents or lucky breaks in my career. Um, I I did start practicing. I was with White & Case. While I was there, I was offered the opportunity to transition um, onto their practice development team, which focused on doing marketing and business development and specifically, I was focused on the litigation and IP practice areas and also supported the arbitration practice. I didn't have prior experience working in marketing at all, but the firm was looking for somebody who understood their practice and who had developed some credibility with the partners, and they thought that I would be a good fit in the role. So um, we, we tried it out, basically. I sort of did it part-time and continued to practice part-time for a few months. And once I realized um, how interesting the field was, and that even though it was sort of a sidestep for me, it wasn't necessarily a step back or taking me in a direction where I didn't feel that I was going to have a lot of opportunity for professional growth, I transitioned into doing it full-time. So I stayed at White & Case for Um, A couple of years in in that role and then ultimately moved over to Deckert LLP, which is another global law firm Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, was there for three years and then was presented with an opportunity to step into the role of helping to launch a business development and marketing department for Kenyon & Kenyon, a intellectual property firm. And um, went from there to doing the same type of thing with Kazowitz Benson. And um, now here I am uh, for the last year and a half at um, Bentham IMF, as you mentioned, which is um, a step out of legal marketing, sort of, although still a related industry, and um, a step into more of the finance world with a specific focus on, you know, really um, providing financial resources to litigants and law firms.
0: Wow. So, that, that is pretty unique and pretty different. So, you know, I come across a lot of lawyers that just, you know, really have become disillusioned with practicing law. You know, what advice would you have to other lawyers or other people that that might be interested in pursuing a similar path to what you took? Hmm.
1: I guess the the first thing I would say is that there's plenty of opportunities still in the law for them to have intellectually challenging and rewarding careers, and to be able to make significant contributions to the legal industry without necessarily continuing to engage in the practice. If that is what um, they've become disillusioned about, so my advice would be um, to start looking around at you know what opportunities there might be to. Um, help to grow a firm's business or to play some kind of financial role or strategic advisory role, um, depending on, you know, what kinds of skills they're looking to develop and to just really get curious about how they might be able to use some of the skills that they have developed as an attorney in order to um, step into a
0: different type of role. That's great. That's, that's really great advice. So, you know, it's not just that you stepped into the roles, but in a sense, you, you sort of set the vision for an established, you know, uh, marketing and business development departments, uh, at two of the AMLA uh, 200 law firms, and then in your current role uh, at Bentham IMF. What does it take to build these departments? And what's most rewarding about helping firms, and in, in this case, your company, grow their business?
1: So I think you know when you work in these roles in marketing and business development, as you said, you really are responsible for holding a vision for um, how a law firm can improve and um, what it can become. So in terms of what's required to succeed, I, I think it depends in part on being able to inspire colleagues and partners to embrace that same vision and to um, work with management through any barriers to change that might be presenting. And to obviously, just keep reinforcing the messaging that you think is going to be most effective, um, both internally and through the external messaging. And then also, you know, I would say that none of it is possible, truly, in my experience, without buy-in and support from management. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: And especially in cultures that have a top-down orientation. You know, the more that management can work hand-in-hand with um, the marketing professionals and you know, make sure that they are articulating that vision to the rest of the firm and um, helping to sort of steer the direction that people are moving in and um, advise people to collaborate with the marketing team. I think the more success they'll find over time.
0: Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. So what would you say is the biggest difference that you've seen in terms of working as a CMO uh, at a law firm or being a legal market at a law firm? Versus, um, uh, being a CMO at, uh, at a company, what, what would you say is the, the biggest differences in, you know, s- some of the challenges that you face maybe as a vendor, as opposed to, a, a a law firm marketer?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, um, I have to say that, you know, contemplating that when I was transitioning roles, um, was a little bit daunting, but exciting at the same time because I had been in the legal industry for um, so long in marketing, but it's actually proven to be really rewarding. Um, One of the differences that that I have found is that um, when you're at a law firm, you have a bit more flexibility in terms of how how you spend money. Um, I work for a public company now, and so we have responsibility to our shareholders And we need to be very mindful about how we're spending those resources in order to make sure that we're doing things that are in the best interest of the company and that we feel shareholders are going to be comfortable with. Also, as you you mentioned, we're on, I guess you could say, the vendor side. Of course, um, like a lot of companies like mine that provide support services to the legal industry, we like to think of ourselves more as a strategic partner yeah then <laughs> a vendor
0: we'll call the vendor, but yeah, I, I hear you
1: right <laughs> strategic,
0: partner, strategic partner makes a lot of sense, <laughs> yeah,
1: but um, but you know, i I think at the end of the day it's it's nice to still be working with a company that um, is helping to advance the legal industry, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I love about commercial litigation finance is that. Um, we're really helping to facilitate access to justice for you know, companies that, that may have been um, on the receiving end of um, some maybe bullying behavior by larger entities or things of that nature um, and who really need to see their day in court so that they can continue on with their business practices.
0: Now, that, that makes a lot of sense. So you know, commercial litigation finance is, is, is in a sense, something that most law firms, or a lot of law firms, are not necessarily familiar with. Um, so tell us a little bit about what it's all about. And then because this is a show for, for marketers, you know, maybe give us a little bit of insight of how a legal marketer or, or a CMO at a law firm might be able to use the fact that they, they would use a company like yours to sort of market themselves differently or as a, as a differentiator uh, within the marketplace?
1: Mm-hmm, okay. Commercial litigation funding companies like Bentham IMF um, provide financial resources to litigates and law firms. So um, we either provide funding directly to plaintiffs who are looking to bring a litigation um, and may need outside funding in order to be able to afford top counsel or who may need funding in order to be able to continue on you know, with, with developing their business while they also pursue a litigation claim. In addition, as I mentioned, we provide funding directly to law firms. And the way that we do that is rather than providing financing that's collateralized by a single case, as we often do for companies um, or litigants, we provide funding that's collateralized by um, of what we call a portfolio of cases for law firms. And um, all of the funding that we provide is non recourse, which means that we only receive a return on our investment if and when um, the companies that are, or the cases that are being used to collateralize the investment turn out in a successful result. So in terms of um, what legal marketers need to understand about it, I would say that they should be aware that this is a resource that law firms can draw upon and um, that it is something that law firms are using in order to be able to uh, get a leg up on the competition, for instance, when they're responding to RFPs where a client is you know, inquiring about alternative fee arrangements and things of that nature. So oftentimes what will happen is with the use of our funding, a law firm is able to take a case on contingency where they may otherwise not have been able to uh, or willing to take on that much risk. But with funding from us, the risk is a bit more measured for them and there's more comfort with being able to take that on. So it helps them to expand their practices and sometimes take on more plaintiff side work for clients who they perhaps have only been able to engage on the defense side.
0: That's great, and and so since you joined Bentham uh, about a year and a half ago now, I mean, you guys have opened three new offices around the world. We've seen a lot of growth across the litigation funding industry. Tell us, what's exciting about this industry for you and, and how do you see it disrupting or changing the way that law firms manage their business?
1: Sure. Well, I, I think most legal marketers are well acquainted at this point with um, the stress in the market, you know, that's being caused by increasing client demand for flexibility in fees or alternative pricing. And litigation finance is, is yet one more um, option that law firms can offer to clients to be able to meet that demand. And it's also um, something that law firms can adopt themselves. So it gives the firms themselves a lot more flexibility. It can smooth out their cash flows, especially for firms that are accustomed to taking cases on contingency. You know, that can often cause a lot of stress where um, they might be waiting for years for um, a case to reach a successful outcome before they're able to get paid. With financing from funders, they have a more smooth cash flow and they can continue on with their growth objectives. So, so it, it's, I think, very disruptive in a good way in that, you know, it's empowering plaintiffs to be able to bring the cases that they need to be able to bring. And um, it's empowering law firms to be able to conduct their business without some of the fee pressures that, um, or, or, you know, at least being able to more smoothly navigate those fee pressures that they're feeling from clients.
0: That's great. Uh, let me turn a little bit to something I, I found quite interesting in your in your bio. So you're a certified professional coach. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that helped you in your current role and, you know, in, in your role at law firms in the past? Have you found that to be valuable and, and in what ways?
1: Sure. Well, um, yeah, I actually pursued um, the coaching certification about three years ago. And um, I did it after having had the opportunity to do quite a bit of coaching while I was with law firms and having been trained by some of the leading coaches that are in the legal industry. And um, for me, I would say that one of the most rewarding things throughout my career in business development and marketing has been the opportunity. Um, to help the partners that I work with and other attorneys achieve professional success. Because I really have seen the success that they've had at work, you know, help them, I guess, just have healthier and happier lives overall. So because lawyers are are so attached to, you know, their success at work, I think that it kind of has holistic effects for them. And obviously, having well-honed business development skills and really being able to build relationships with clients that feel authentic and that will grow over time um, is a huge part of that. Absolutely. And being able to coach lawyers on how to, how to engage in that um, has been probably one of the most rewarding things for me. So the coaching certification, you know, was just something that I pursued in order to be able to build further on that.
0: That that, that that's, makes so much sense. And I imagine having those kind of skills and being able to work with lawyers has really helped you in your career. Another interesting thing I notice is that throughout your career, you have worked almost exclusively with, with litigators. Yes. Whose business development needs actually are quite different than attorneys that have transactional practices. Um, for legal marketers out there that work with litigators, you know, how is it different and how do you approach uh, legal marketing differently when you're uh, doing it for litigation as opposed to other types of practices?
1: Sure. Well, I, I guess, you know, you could say that when you're a litigator, you have to be a bit more in the hunt at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, frequently with transactional practices, there is, there is more of a reliable stable of clients. Right. Um, and while many firms, you know, that, that have had a lot of success in litigation, may have clients that will always turn to them if they face a litigation. Um, the, the frequency of that or the predictability of it can be a lot less than what you might find in a traditional practice. Mm-hmm. So um, it, there's a lot more pitching that's been involved. You know, I think that client relationships are that much more important. Litigators need um, constant support in always being able to find new clients that they can work with and figuring out how to develop those relationships.
0: So, so does content marketing play an important role as a, as a uh, marketer for litigation services or is it sort of a, a different approach?
1: I think it definitely plays a role. I mean, when you're a litigator, um, you need to be constantly visible. And part of that is being top of mind, right? So mm-hmm. being able to produce content on a regular basis, you know, having a profile in the industry. Um, unfortunately, most people are not going to remember a case that a litigator won 10 years ago. You know, they're going to remember what they saw in the headlines last week. So um, writing about the cases that you're handling, you know, writing about the nuances in the law that you're seeing as those cases develop. Um, and and just as much... Um, uh, doing video commentary and or um, being visible in the media can be hugely beneficial for um, a litigator's career.
0: And let me ask another thing. So obviously legal marketing has changed significantly over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, more and more firms and, and companies in the legal industry are using and relying on digital marketing as a way to uh, raise awareness of, them, of their practices or, or their uh, services you know, how do you, what do you see in terms of digital marketing? Where do you see it going? And how is it currently helping you to accomplish your role at, at Bentham?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I I mean, I think, uh, as I've said previously, in other formats, digital marketing is here to stay. You know, there's there's no doubt about it. and, um, And so I think for firms and attorneys to figure out Where they're comfortable being able to take advantage of digital marketing, whether it's through blogging or through um, having a regular presence on something like LinkedIn, or perhaps using that as a publishing platform, or maybe even Twitter, you know, depending on who their target market is. Um, I think all of those things are critical and will continue to be so. It's something that we take very seriously here at Bentham IMF, and we have an editorial calendar. We're constantly developing new content um, and trying to educate people that are in our target markets and and even people in the broader community about the benefits of litigation finance and what it can do you know to help improve the legal industry and provide better access to justice. So one of the I guess some of the things that I have found to be really fun are getting getting the people in my company involved in that and um, so one of the tools that that we use helps to amplify our messaging. By allowing people throughout our company on a weekly basis to see what we've done on various digital platforms
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: being able to share that content with their networks. So it's helped us reach beyond the company's network um, to reach you know, the networks of each individual who works for our company. And it's helped them in their marketing you know, to stay visible with their networks and to constantly be um, sharing something that might be relevant and timely.
0: And and that is so important. And I feel that a lot of times uh, law firms and other companies sort of miss that point, right? That it's not just the the firm or the company that should be doing the outreach through social media and other methods, but it's really for it to be really effective. You have to get everyone involved because everyone has their own networks and you never know where business is going to come from, right? So the more that you can amplify your message and get it out there, I think the more of an opportunity to reap some rewards from it.
1: Exactly. And what I like about the approach that we've been taking is that it really helps to make social media accessible and comfortable for the people on our team. So, you know, they might put their own spin or or add some thoughts in in a comment when they share whatever we've produced. But um, we've done some of the work for them. And so it sort of lessened the burden of engaging with it, but also still allowed them to be able to have that voice and and to be able to share with their network.
0: That's great. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. Um, Is there something that I forgot to ask you or you would want to share with our audience some sort of takeaway or some advice that you'd like to offer? Gosh,
1: I don't know. I guess... If there's anything I could say, you know, it's, it's probably something that I've tried to embrace throughout my career and which has taken me um, in directions that I would have never foreseen, which is to, you know, stay curious, stay flexible and, and just continue to be excited about, um, about where, where the legal industry is headed and what you can do to make a contribution.
0: That's great. I, I love that. All right, Gretchen. Well, thank you so much for your time. If people want to learn more about Bentham, they can go to your website, benthamimf.com. And what is your Twitter handle if people want to follow you on Twitter?
1: It's at Gretchen Kohler. Excellent. And they can also connect with me on LinkedIn.
0: Fabulous. All right, Gretchen. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure having you here. And uh, we wish you the best of luck in the future.
1: Thanks, Guy. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Before you go, and if you like this episode, please go to our website so you don't miss a single one of our new episodes. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you'll find the show notes for this episode, including more information on our esteemed guests. Along with this episode's show notes, you'll find all of the Legal Marketing 2.0 episodes at goodtobesocial.com.